We're talking all things aviation. Uh, Putejo. Putejo. Oh yes, yes, yes. I was watching. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was watching it. Um, I was watching it. It was quite interesting. Lele was uh, just as uh, fascinated. Yes, you know. I was. Falcon Nine when it took to the sky. Ah, wow! What and a I, moment! I was, I was thinking about Lelo. Mm. You know, some, for some strange reasons, I know Lelo is very. Uh, he's a fanatic of speed. This man, so yeah, I know yes, him I very am. well. He <laughs> is. He is. We are. We are surprised why he's not behind bars. <laughs> no, no, he can't. He's obeying. He can't. Now do it legally. Oh, but it was fascinating, and you know, I mean, the entire. I mean, America was focusing on. Not even the virus, but the violence and uh, the riots that were happening. And here was this company here created by a, 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 a South African born. You're, yeah, yeah, South African entrepreneur. Yeah. Yeah, um, it was quite interesting. I mean, I, I was looking at it and from the airline's uh, point of view. Yes. So basically, the airspace where this... Um, 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 uh, space where, where basically where they are going to fly, yes, it got closed. Uh, basically, the airspace around that was closed, uh, making sure that there isn't any interference as far as uh, the airlines are concerned. Mm. And they make sure that if anything goes wrong, at mm. least uh, there's no danger to any uh, airlines that are operating within the space. And uh, I guess the timing was perfect because of the corona, and uh, not many planes are taking off. Yeah, yeah, certainly. It, certainly, there wasn't any much of mm. traffic up there. Uh, but yeah, it was quite an intriguing um, expedition that we have just witnessed uh, for the first time, privately owned, um, go into the space. And I think uh, that was absolutely amazing. Yeah, he can buy it, uh, but will he make money? Well, well he's a genius, I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, when, when Health and Record was struggling, Nelson Mandela is the one who called Richard Branson and said, listen, Health and Record is struggling. And then Richard Branson came with Vision Active, uh, you know, the gyms. Yes. And how many do we have in the country? Absolutely. You're quite right. But, you know, there's a say uh, in aviation that says one, when you are a, a billionaire, the mm. quickest way of becoming a millionaire mm. is to invest in an airline. That's so true. That's so true. <laughs> so let's talk about um, the latest coming out of SAA. Oh, thank you, Glenn, and uh, listeners at home. Once again, uh, we're talking about this the stony subject that uh, that is existing in our uh, airspaces these days. SAA released a statement sometime last week when they were saying they are going to start operation uh, mid June. And the BRPs also released a statement that, uh, no, they are not uh, uh, supposed to even be issuing the statement to say they are going to start operations uh, in mid-June. And um, that was very much uh, confusing for the stakeholders, which is passengers in this case. And uh, it was also, the timing was quite uh, a little bit out because... Mm. We are dealing with uh, SAA that is non-functional at the moment, and there's quite a, a heavy involvement of different stakeholders in making sure that the airline survives beyond 
the BRP. And I, we all waiting for that uh, report uh, and the two plans that the BRP was supposed to have uh, submitted before the SCOPA, and that hasn't happened, but uh, they are on top of the game. And I think SAA was a little bit, uh, um, they were a little bit reckless for issuing that statement. Um, they shouldn't have done that, especially without consultation or, uh, without consulting with the BRPs, because the BRPs are the ones that are running the business. And when you go and issue a statement without consulting with the people that are in charge of the business, then you are really interfering with their operations. If they don't complete that, don't don't be surprised when they blame you for interfering with what they were supposed to have done. Okay. So, and I think that was absolutely out of order for them to have done that and confusing passengers out there. So a report uh, which was tabled in Parliament recently showed that only 7% of black people are licensed aviators. What's stopping transformation in this aviation sector? Glenn, I think um, this is the same issue that that really... It, it's very close to my heart. And mm. and I don't understand 26 years into democracy, we are sitting here and we're talking about transformation in aviation. And and, and that that is a, a serious indictment on us and on our government because the government has all the rights to implement a total transformation within the aviation sector. And they're not doing that. Um, I was listening to uh, the chairperson of uh, the transport committee, Remo uh, Sebenzizwan, when he was saying the prices of the training should be reduced. That is not the solution, Edlin. Mm. It, it will never be a solution. The solution is to take the control of the sector away from the white minority, because the sector is in the white minority. The white mm. people controls the entire industry the way they want. They even have the guts to even criticize whatever decisions that we, that are made uh, by black people. Uh, I mean, you look at, the, for example, let me just take you back. Last two weeks ago, I went on, on ENCA, and I was talking about transformation at SAA, uh, with the new airline that is going to be started, and I, I was attacked by white people. Mm. They went on. They went for me. They were vying for me. I even received calls for that matter, where they were saying a lot of whole, whole a lot of things that were absolutely inaccurate, and they were just coming on. They did the same thing, attacking these uh, black pilots that went out, crying out loud to say, "Hang on." We are into this uh, um, 26 years into democracy. You guys are not considering the fact that the minority, the majority of the people were excluded in this industry. And SAA, when you look at SAA, the, the pilots' uh, uh, recruitment and so on, there's, there's something that they called a piece of law that they called regulating agreement. That regulating agreement was drafted during apartheid. Now, you put the piece of legislation into democracy, a piece of apartheid legislation into South African democratic, democratically elected government, and you want to govern the pilots, everybody, including the black pilots, within that, which, which automatically it says the seniority should not be tempered with. It must stay like that. Black people only started flying 
1994 onwards. They were not there before that. And how do you then say progression should be based on the fact that the ones that have arrived, um, uh, you know, later, the, you, progression only depends on the number of years you have served in the airline. Now, during this time, we would not see any black pilots uh, achieving, becoming captains, uh, uh, training captains, and, and, and so on. So so that is the biggest problem that we have. Secondly, uh, on, on the very same issue, is that SIA does not need any permission from anybody to implement transformation fully. They have the government in their own hands. They can do it. Okay. I, and I, I, I question the fact that we start here today and say, why is it only taking 26 years for us to only talk about transformation now? So, yeah, uh, Putejo, I mean, the funny thing about SAA is that when it fails, um, people who are put in front uh, who are blamed are black people. That's one thing that uh, amazes me, is that, uh, you know, you look at the case that was uh, cited last week, Dudu uh, Muyeni yes. being the first one to be uh, called uh, all sorts of things. But I, I'm, I'm not going to get into the merits of the case because I'm, I'm not really, uh, I'm not a lawyer, so I don't know anything about law. However, my, my biggest challenge is that when we're looking at how the structure of airlines, you look at SA Express, you look at SAA. SA Express is the platform for black people to get into uh, the mainstream SAA and other airlines, where you can get in with the minimum hours of 500 to uh, to 600, depending on on whatever that uh, training that you have done. And then from there, progressionally, you would then get your 1,500. That's when you would then be considered to get into SAA. Now, when you kill this same SA Express, you're not supporting it, you're not doing anything, it is the end of black people participating in the aviation. I can tell you right now, they would not, we would not see black people in majority getting into this industry because even the com- private companies, they would not even listen uh, to even you to say, what about the, the charter? You know, why are we not getting uh, more numbers of the black people participating in this? It is purely because the industry its own, it's a, it's a racist industry, which does absolutely nothing to do with the history of the country. Yeah. And it still continues to do like yeah, that. Yeah, but I think this is where the government then should have stepped in a long time ago. They should have done that. We must blame them yeah. because uh, these guys they continue because government does nothing the government does nothing they're not they're not actively involved in mm. making sure that the transformation get implemented when they issue the licenses for the airlines to operate in the country that's why they're supposed to have said in this license you shall hire so many black pilots uh, so many black engineers okay. because we are in charge kenya has done that yeah. Ethiopian has done that. Why are we not doing that in South Africa? Yeah, well, I guess, you know, uh, the problem obviously is where we come from, the history. But quickly, um, remind us of the travel regulations during Level 3 and will this be profitable for airlines? Lenzito, I think um, the, let's start with what we call a load, load factor. The load factor of the airlines for them to start making money, you at least need about 85 percent mm. of uh, of the load, meaning that the airline 
should at least put about to about 85 percent of passengers on on board now uh, and it says people should uh, be traveling for business not necessarily for pleasure yeah now uh, SAA was the only one that says they're going to start flying, but the other airlines, they went out blankly to say they will not resume uh, the flight operations because it doesn't make any economic sense for them to start operating. And I, I agree with them, especially those that are independent, because they're not getting any funding from, from anybody. So um, uh, what I think should have been proposed is the charters that... Uh, uh, operating to say, well, if you want to fly to Cape Town, you can, you know, charter services. And tickets are going to be very expensive for those that want to fly now if they were to start operating the flight. So the, the airlines will not uh, tap into that uh, idea. I think we will only start seeing them flying probably around uh, the level two. Uh, and that's when we will see some of the people flying. Also, the, the tourism sector is not fully operational. Uh, they can only accommodate those that are going out for business. And how many people are going for business? Um, it's just one of those things. I just don't think it's profitable. And I think those that are wanting to travel will have to fork out quite a lot of money for them to be able to travel to Cape Town or whatever destination they would wish to travel to. Thank you so much for chatting to us this afternoon. Pula, there you go.